Well, that didn't end well. One goal. The Ducks scored one goal all weekend. Wow, that's not good. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about which Kings player still lives in John Gibson's nightmares. You know who it is. Let's hit the theme music. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day, and this show is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today we're going to talk about both games that took place over the weekend. Do we have to, Jason? Yes, we've got to talk about this. The Ducks are slowly free-falling out of a playoff spot and going right back to where people, some people expected. This may have been expected according to some pundits. The Ducks lost two consecutive games, and now they're on the outside looking in, and not a whole lot of time left. They lost a pretty bad game to the Los Angeles Kings, and we'll talk about the other game a little bit later. But let's talk about Friday's game, shall we? This was the freeway face-off, rather. (laughs) Haha, it it wasn't good. It, It was bad. Adrian Kempe, oh no. Or as Craig Elston would say, Kempe, oh no. Yep, here we go again. He did his thing once again, starting off in the first period. This one was a pretty weird game to start off with because the Ducks did have their opportunities to start. And we did see a shuffling of lines at the start. You had Gibby and Quick starting off against each other. But you also had Zegris and Milano being split apart again. Okay, why would you do that? Milano gets left Terry. Okay, that's trying something new. Second line is Adam, Henrique, Zegers, and Raquel. What was wrong with Henrique, Getzloff, and Terry? Nothing much. What was wrong with Milano, Zegers, and Raquel? Not a whole lot. In fact, those two lines were the lines that were providing the most offense. And I get it. The Ducks did win two games in a row. Okay, that's fine. And this was after Dallas Eakins kind of changed up his lineup after two bad losses against Calgary and Edmonton. So I get that he changed it and it worked against Vancouver and it worked to an extent against the Sharks. So he figures, let's try this one more time, shall we? Okay, it didn't go well in the first period. First period was pretty much all Kings because the Ducks went on the penalty kill really early. The Kings power play, it it was okay. It was fine. And then we get to the end or towards the end of the first period and that's when we had a little bit of magic happened where Carl Grundstrom got a nice pass from Quentin Byfield. Yes, this is magic for the LA Kings because that was a pretty sick pass by Quentin Byfield and not the best defense by the Anaheim Ducks. They, they got beat. They just got beat on that play. Josh Mahura got beat, and Simon Benoit got beat pretty bad on that play. So Grundy, with this seventh of the season, that made it 1-0 Kings early on. And then it was the Adrian Kempe show. 
Stop me if you've heard this before. Kempe scores against John Gibson. Stop me if you've heard this before. Kempe scores multiple goals in a game against John Gibson. Yeah, this has happened many times. And it happens once again. Kempe scored his second of the... Oh, sorry, 24th of the season. His second goal was his 25th of the season. That one came on a pretty abysmal turnover. Honestly, this was a bad play by Hampus Lindholm. Not a great play by Jamie Drysdale. And Trevor Zegras kind of left Kempe fairly open, to say the least. The Kings' power play did look really good on a sweet tic-tac-toe play from the Kings. Drew Doughty down along the red line with the quick pass to Adrian Kempe, who was up in the high slot. Passed it over to Andre Kopitar, who was right on the faceoff dot on the right side. Got it just under Gibby's pads. Yeah, that was a sweet power play goal for the Kings. Not a good look for the Ducks. And then Kempe, second one. That's just Kempe being filthy and the Ducks defense not doing much. I do want to talk a little bit about the Ducks, but I'm going to spend the next minute talking about an L.A. King. Why is that? Oh, it's a little bit sarcastic here, but I'm just going to say it. Adrian Kempe owns the Anaheim Ducks. No, check that. Adrian Kempe owns John Gibson. How's this for a stat? Adrian Kempe has 80 career goals. Let me repeat that. Adrian Kempe has 80 career NHL goals. 10 of those goals are against John Gibson. You heard that right. That is by far the most against any goalie in the National Hockey League. Oh, but it gets better. Between the NHL and the AHL, and I'm not kidding, this is a true statistic, Adrian Kempe has scored 13 times against John Gibson, between the NHL and the AHL dating back to 2015. When you've covered minor league hockey as much as I have, there are certain things you do not forget. You don't forget a weird hat trick by Kiefer Sherwood on one of those including a penalty shot. And you certainly don't forget Adrian Kempe scoring a hat trick against John Gibson November 2015. Those were the three goals. So that's how you account for a lot of these goals. And Kempe scored a bunch last season against, oh, who was, oh, John Gibson. So there's your kind of not so fun, fun stat if you're a Kings fan, not so fun if you're a Ducks fan. Adrian Kempe, 10 goals against John Gibson, 13 overall. Oi. Troy Terry did score for what it's worth. So that was your final score, 4-1 to one in favor of the LA Kings. And I will talk about a certain player that did not have a good second period in this game. And in fact, didn't have a good game yesterday against the Islanders. So we'll talk about that specific player later on in the podcast. First, we're going to head into an intermission. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, which is everyone's favorite protein bar. And folks, if you have not tried their Built Puffs yet, then what the heck are you waiting for? They are packed with about 17 grams of protein, on average only about 3 grams of sugar, and hovering around 130 to 150 calories. They are delicious, they are good for you, they are packed with 
delicious marshmallowy protein. So if you want to try these Built Bars and Built Puffs for yourself, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Coming up after the first intermission, we got to talk about that even worse game against the New York Islanders. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we talk about last night's not-so-good game. In fact, this whole weekend of games was just not good for the Ducks. They come away with zero points on a critical weekend series against the Los Angeles Kings and the New York Islanders. I talked about the Kings game. The Islanders game last night, not much better. In front of in front of a pretty good crowd at the Ponda, but they unfortunately came to see one of the worst performances by the Anaheim Ducks. Now, to the Ducks' credit, they were aggressive early on, and they did have a couple of very good shots. I thought there could have easily been at least one goal there from Anaheim, and I'm going to talk particularly about two, two guys. Ricard Raquel who I thought had an excellent shot from about the high slot that nearly went in off of Sorokin, who was the New York Islanders goalie. Ilya Sorokin, he had a good game for what it's worth, and he made some terrific stops. He also had a very good stop in the first period against, and I want to say Troy Terry, he got a really good attempt on him. And Zegers, Zegers looked pretty aggressive early on as well. So for what it's worth, they were kind of going for it a little bit. Shattenkirk also had a good shot, but none of those went in. And then you had a little bit of the rough stuff going on. You had Troy Terry somehow tripping after a Ducks power play. This is where it's a little concerning to me because the Ducks did have a power play and they could have built off of that power play by staying aggressive but Troy Terry had kind of a lazy play right there. Terry tripped Anthony Beauvillier, so New York went on the power play. Fortunately for the Ducks, that one was short-lived because there was a high-sticking call against the Islanders. So the Ducks had a very short power play, but nothing went in there. So that does count as a power play for the Ducks for what it's worth. And they got nothing out of both both of them, all two and a half minutes of power play time for the whole game. Yippee skippy. That first goal by the New York Islanders, that one came from the point from Noah Dobson. And this one, despite what some announcers say on the Ducks broadcast, it did not go off, off of Shattenkirk. It went off of Jakob Silverberg. So Dobson got it from the point. It was kind of a rolling kind of knuckle puck, and it bounced to the ground after hitting Jakob Silverberg. So Shaddy did not touch that one, but he still gets a minus on that one anyway. That made it 1-0 Islanders. The second goal, the second goal that the Ducks gave up, that one is pretty much the epitome of the Ducks' recent woes. And honestly, it's an epitome of the Ducks the past couple of seasons. I'll set this up. New York did have control, and Anaheim was looking to gain control of the puck back, so they were going to change lines. Or so they thought. This is a communications breakdown at this point. 
Jamie Drysdale was just entering the game. And then you had Hampus Lindholm. He's trying to leave. You got to communicate there, guys. There has to be some kind of concrete communication before you can make that change. And the Ducks got absolutely nailed on that one. So as the delayed penalty was going on, some of the Ducks players thought it was going to be just a straight-up penalty. But no, play did not stop. It did not. Because Casey Sezikis got his sixth of the season on a semi-breakaway that made it 2 nothing, And at that point, I felt the game was practically over. Yeah, Drysdale did not have a good game on this one. In fact, the rookies in general just didn't have a good weekend. And I'll talk a little bit more about that after second admission. But the last goals came from Andy Green and Kiefer Bellows. Yeah, how about that? So that's how the scoring went. To the Islanders' credit, they played a gritty type of game the Ducks had the attempts. Block shots were 20-6 to in favor of the Islanders. You would think that's a terrific, terrific score. Not so much. The Ducks did out-attempt the Islanders 63-44 to on this one, but it did not matter. The final score was 4-0 to in favor of the Islanders. And now the Ducks, they're kind of in a weird spot right now. I don't know if I like this too much. They're on the outside looking in as far as a playoff spot. You have the trade deadline coming in less than a month. So who knows what is going to happen there. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is where the game starts. And folks, if you haven't been to the Bet Online website recently, basketball is in full steam. You have the NBA and you have college hoops. And starting next month, March Madness, baby. So, if you want to check out all the latest odds, totals, player props, and what have you, then land on betonline.net. It's the number one spot for all your sporting needs. And it's not just basketball. You have hockey, boxing, UFC, all of that great stuff. So, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, Bet Online is where the game starts. It is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. We're on our final segment of episode number 490. So just want to throw that out there. Okay, so I talked about those two games. I talked about some of the differences between those games. I want to talk about something that I've noticed in the past couple of games. And one is the use of the young kids. Yes, this is going to be a... Dallas Eakins type segment, but also a youth type segment. And this has to do with Trevor Zegras and Sonny Milano to a lesser extent. Those two were separated once again, but the difference on Friday's game against the Kings, we saw something a little bit different. We saw Sonny Milano on the top line, which seemed to try to spark some kind of offense in there. That line didn't make sense to me at first. 
And it still doesn't make sense to me now because you had a perfectly great first line of Henrique Gesloftary, then you had Milano, Zegers, Raquel. Yeah, that's fine. Sunday's was a little bit different. Sunday, you had a completely different lineup, mainly because of illnesses. Gibby's out. He's out with a non-COVID illness. Yes, those are still around. It could be the flu. Adam Henrique, he's also not feeling well. It could also be the flu. So for what it's worth, your top goalie's out. That's a thing. But losing Adam Henrique, that sucks. So Max Comtois did come back in on that second line. And I got to give credit to Max Comtois for having the gusto to be aggressive and get down on the low slot and try to get a couple of good shots. And that's exactly what he did. When you have a great playmaker like Trevor Zegras down the middle, you're going to find some good open teammates on either wing, either Raquel or Comtois. And they both had some quality chances on that Sunday game. Nothing just went through. In fact, there was one shot that went off the post. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what it is. Milano gets off. That's still, that's still a thing that is happening right now. Who knows when Henrique is going to come back. He might not come back for Tuesday's game. We don't know. What I did like is that Dallas Eakins is now kind of playing the kids and let them do their own thing and let them make their own mistakes, which I'm mostly okay with. Jamie Drysdale, he had a decent game against the Kings. Did not have a good game against the Islanders. In fact, he got just beat a couple times on defense. So dries on not the best of games. Trevor Zegris, he's looked pretty bad defensively. I'm just going to be honest here. He did not have a good second period at all on Friday's game. Overall, on Sunday's game, he just didn't look good. Part of it is teams are starting to double down on him. Teams are beginning to realize if we can stop Zegris, then there goes their entire offense on that line. So they're zeroing in on him big time. What I was encouraged with is the kid line finally getting the play. Zegers and Raquel, they got a lot of play. What I was most encouraged with, even though they were losing at the time, Dallas Eakin said, okay, fine, I I give up. Let's try something different. So you know what he did? He put back Sonny Milano with Trevor Zegers towards the end of the game. We had that Raquel Zegers milano line back for a couple of shifts. And you know what happened? They got some good chances. They got a couple of... Decent shot attempts that I thought could have been a goal. And the defense was sound for all three of them. So maybe Dallas Eakins should look at the micro stats and say, oh, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have split up that line and put those three together after all. Uh, You think? You think, Coach Eakins? Now the Ducks are in a position where they are quickly, quickly losing footing on a possible playoff spot. And with so few games left... I don't know if they can make it at this point. They they only have a 19% chance of making the playoffs. And this is courtesy of ineffective math for providing those statistics. Remember when the Ducks had about an 80% chance of making the playoffs? And that's plummeted down to 19%. And they've got a lot of games coming up in March that they just need to win. And I think one of the key components of that is bringing back those lines that did work. Bringing back the Zegris milano raquel line. They worked really good in the limited time they had together last night. It looked good. It looked really good. That was the best line out of all of them on the team when Eakins finally put those three back together. And also to a lesser extent, I liked seeing Sonny Milano, Ryan Gesloff, Troy Terry's line. Hmm, 
maybe Sonny Milano really is the difference. Maybe the Ducks should have had him on their roster after all, instead of placing him on waivers and putting him out with the San Diego goals for a time. Gee, imagine that. All right. As far as Jamie Drysdale is concerned, putting him with Hampus Lindholm, it's a tough spot for Jamie Drysdale. He's having to make up with some of the shortcomings. Actually, they're both having to make up for each other's shortcomings. And I get why Egan's would put Lindholm and Drysdale together on that pairing. I get why. Maybe it's time to change it up. Or maybe there's something else going on there before the trade deadline. Because we could see some guys leaving. We could see Hampus Lindholm leaving. Coach, or sorry, yeah, Coach Dallas Egan's. He's content with toying around with some of the lines right now, which we're seeing. But, yeah, let's see what happens on tomorrow's game. And speaking of tomorrow, tomorrow's podcast will be a three stars of the week. Yeah, I'm still doing three stars of the week, even though it wasn't exactly the best of weeks for the Ducks. There were still some pretty decent performances out there, so I will highlight that on tomorrow's episode and try to catch up on some other news and notes as well. So stay tuned for that on tomorrow's podcast, which will be episode number 491 of Locked on Ducks. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget to make Locked on Bets with your boy Q your second listen of the day. And also check out Locked on NHL. Gil Martin heads up the Monday episodes, so definitely check that out as well. Jess Balmosto and Sarah Avampato, they have control of Western Conference Wednesdays. So check out Locked on NHL as well. Thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.